Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Not at all. I mean, I was just, you know, taking the shots that was there. I mean, whether I was hoping, knocking down the three and going to the basket, finishing myself or making plays for somebody else, just playing basketball. That's Royce O'Neal talking about what he had to do to break out of his offensive slump. Not a lot of emotion there, PK. Basically, just take the shots I'm supposed to and they will fall. No overreaction. Didn't really hear his didn't hear his uh, pulse or anything changing. No adrenaline rush. Ah, I did this. I did that. They will come. They will fall. I like it. He is 6 of 15, 40% in his last three games. And before that, he'd had a stretch where he'd missed 15 in a row over five games. So, last well, three. Well, it's only natural then. Yeah. Last three have been a little different. Back to the 40% number that uh, everybody hopes to be shooting. You do that. If you shoot a lot of them and you make 40% of them, you're going to be in good shape. What's a lot of them? Five a game? Is that a lot in your mind? Taking a lot of shots? I think it depends on who you are. No. no. Or making I know, I know, I know. I'm talking about for O'Neal, though. What, what is yeah, a lot I would say, of I would threes? say that, uh, yeah, I would say if he's averaging four or five a game, that's probably a lot for him. I mean, okay. you know, the... Uh, Conley, he has to wait for someone to leave him. The guys who are running the pick and roll have more say in who gets them and when they get them. You can take them off the dribble and all that. But, I mean, yeah, if you're taking 40 in a game, I would think most of the guys, you got probably six or seven guys that are going to be taking threes. And uh, you would think that Donovan Mitchell would take the most. And you'd probably expect, uh, you know, well, it doesn't always happen, but I think people want to see see Ingles, Conley, and Bogey be the the three who are right behind him. Their numbers are probably higher. Maybe they're taking five to seven a game. Four or five for O'Neal. Yeah. Yeah, Niang doesn't play as many minutes. He probably shoots a lower number, too, I would think, just because of the minutes. Yeah, the problem with Joe now, he can't go back. We've been saying this a thousand (laughs) times. But now, now, you can't go back. Now. Fans and the media, we're not in practice. We're not in the film sessions. We don't know what's said. We probably see some stuff and get some some wild thoughts in our head and say crazy things. But this time, PK, we've been right for years. (laughs) Yeah, you can't go back now, Joe. You can't just go like a, a, a one for three or... Something like that. You, you've got to be an integral part because you're a talented ball player. So, sorry, man. Forget it. It's on you now. Well, I do think the one thing where the where it's not on Joe and it's on coaches and his teammates is that he can't get into the Royce O'Neal role. You know, there are guys who initiate the pick and roll and there are guys who go stand in the corner and they get their shots when people leave them. He does both, though. He does, and I think it's incumbent on the teammates and on Quinn Snyder to make sure that Joe's running a pretty good percentage of those pick and rolls. Because when he when he goes to the corner, the opposite corner from Royce, and they stand there, now it's not up to them so much. I mean, there is a you pass up a shot, so that's on them. But if the guy never leaves them, the teammates are never going to throw him the ball, and he's going to be back in that role that drives you nuts, that drives Yach nuts, drives me nuts. So he's going to have to have the ball in his hands. 
Okay, fine, whatever. And, yep. All you're, right, DJ. You're the P- basketball mind, and then I just sit back and just watch you dissect the game. It, it, it's like a master in his craft. It's beautiful. Thank you, PK. Even though that wasn't very genuine, it is. I, it is. You just love the game. You can see it, man. I do. I do love it. I, I mean, do. it's it's right there with soccer. When you just go, I just sit back. <laughs> the Jazz and the Rockets. Tonight, 6 o'clock. So the pregame show will start at 5 o'clock right here on the Zone Sports Network. The only person we're waiting to hear about their health is uh, Ilya Silva. He's got a hamstring issue, so we'll see if he's good to go or not, but uh, expecting to see everybody else. And they hopefully we'll see it. We'll see that whole theory about playing the 25 or uh, 30 minutes and playing fewer minutes because you've, you've built a big lead. The Rockets have been blown out in two of the last three games, the one they Weren't they won, and that's Orlando, and they're no good. They've gutted their team at the trade deadline. But uh, the Heat blew them out. The Nuggets blew them out. Why shouldn't the Jazz blow them out, too? DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Rose slings it. Bullock funnels. Barron right corner three. Knocks it down. Barron with six threes in the game, and the Knicks lead by ten. Irving. Left of the lane, stops, fumbling, gets it back in traffic, puts it in off the window along the baseline. How did he do it? Towns with it up top here. Thought about a three, now he lets fly. Yeah! An 11-point lead with 3.39 left. George against Nasir Little now on the switch. Five to shoot. George, crossover. George steps it back. He'll try the left wing three over Little. It goes! The moon ball for Paul George, and he buries it! Paul George coming up big. Kawhi Leonard was out, sore foot, and apparently he's going to be out for at least a week. They're saying it's more precautionary than anything. Who knows if they're telling us the truth there, but we'll go with that. And Paul George stepped up with 33 points, 11 rebounds, and PK, 8 points in the last two minutes, 6 points in the final minute on the Clippers' last three possessions, including two free throws with 5, 4.8 seconds left, that tied the game and then won the game. That was big time down the stretch from Paul George. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been saying it for weeks, man. He's just killing it right now. Will it continue in the playoffs? Well, we'll find out. Clippers beat the Blazers, though. And as much as we're looking at the Suns and wondering if they can catch the Jazz and how will they do getting through this road trip and they're going to lose a couple times. The Clippers are probably thinking all those same things. They're only a game and a half behind the Suns, so they've still got a chance to get to the two seed. And if those two meet in the second round, they'd have the home court. So see if the Clippers can roll down the stretch here without Kawhi Leonard. The other highlight you heard there, the Jazz next couple of opponents after the Rockets tonight. They'll be playing the Timberwolves twice and the Kings once. And the Timberwolves beat the Kings 134-120. Carl Anthony Towns, 26 points and 18 boards. You figure he's the next guy in a bad team that's going to move somewhere, that the whole league's going to be uh, chasing with their cap space? I don't know what's in his mind, what's in his heart, so I can't answer that. I mean, if you just go on what we would assume, that team's been bad. So, yeah, they've had... Garnett and Marbury and Kevin Love and and uh, he's just the latest, I guess. So if you go by what we think might happen, but I can't answer what he feels, what he thinks. Kyrie Irving, 32 points, 8 assists, leading Brooklyn to that win over the New Orleans Pelicans. Brooklyn Nets guard James Harden is out indefinitely. He had a setback with his hamstring injury during an on-court rehab session. Back to square one. 
That's the expression Steve Nash, the Nets coach, used. We'll rehabilitate him and get him back whenever we can, and who knows when that will be. He had an MRI on his hamstring after he quote-unquote felt it go. So that sounds bad. And the Denver Nuggets picked up free agent Austin Rivers on a 10-day contract. He's 28 years old. He started the season with the Knicks. Didn't play very well for them and got let go. Had one big game against the Jazz. Uh, Was traded to Oklahoma City at the trade deadline by the Knicks and then subsequently waived by the Thunder. He would be eligible on Denver's playoff roster if he sticks for the rest of the season. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. If you watch Steph Curry shoot the ball, it's just like, you just you just go, wow. Like his, his, it's just, just to sit there and watch this guy shoot a basketball. Well, that's how you feel when you watch Trevor throw a football. When you get to see him live and you get to see him move, you just go, wow. I mean, it's just, it's just different. He's a, he's a, a face of a franchise guy. That's Dabo Sweeney, the Clemson coach, pumping up his guy, Trevor Lawrence, and comparing him to Steph Curry. Takes your breath away, PK. It's so effortless. Well, he says you go wow on Lawrence's throwing. I go wow on Sweeney's comparison. (laughs) Steph Curry in the hottest stretch of a Hall of Fame career. Yeah. Pretty much putting in 10 three-pointers every time he steps on the court here over the last couple of weeks. Health updates. Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow said he is on track to start the 2021 season after undergoing reconstructive knee surgery to repair the ACL and MCL in his left knee after getting injured in November. Slipping through Twitter and came up on a way too close photo of the scar on his knee. I don't know who thought we needed to see the scar on his knee that up close. Holy cow. Push in a little more. Well, obviously I want the kid to be healthy because I thought he showed some, uh, what was it, Cleveland that he got hurt? Is that the game? If I remember, and he looked good up until then. He looked really good at times, especially when you factor in as a rookie. So Cincinnati might have something, but you got to have your health, of course. Yep, and that division could be uh, loaded with quarterbacks, three young ones, and then Roethlisberger near the end. But if he's good to go, then there could be a lot of a lot of shootouts, a lot of good games with uh, with quarterbacks taking their teams up and down the field in the AFC North. Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Baltimore. Could be set at quarterback for a while, the way things are trending. But like you said, you got to have your health. And staying in the AFC North, the Steelers give head coach Mike Tomlin a three-year contract extension that will run through the 2024 season. Tomlin, who seems like he's been coaching there forever, is still only 49 years old. He's won about two-thirds of his games over the 14 years he's been with the Steelers. He's got a Super Bowl title and a second trip to the Super Bowl that ended in defeat. So... It's a pretty good run here, and uh, he he could be gone for another. But he could only be halfway through this easily. Fourteen years, another fourteen. He'd still be in his early sixties. Yeah, I doubt he would coach there twenty-eight years, but I don't know that. I do know if he fulfills this deal, which we all assume he would, that would put over a fifty-six-year span the Steelers having three head coaches. If you're going to do it anywhere, you do it with the Steelers. They're as patient with coaches as uh, the Jazz, right? Any other franchises you'd put on that level? Well, I, I, I have to think about that. My, my thought was that they, they demand the patience, and I don't know if that patience is necessarily required because the three that they've had have been really good. 
True story. Raiders owner Mark Davis reacting to widespread criticism of a tweet sent from the team's Twitter account that read, I can breathe for 2021 after former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin was convicted of murdering George Floyd yesterday. Explained last night, the post was his idea. He does not plan to delete it. Davis said he meant no disrespect to Floyd's family with the tweet and said he took the lead from Floyd's brother, who said following the verdict, today we are able to breathe again. Davis said, I felt that was a powerful statement. Well, he's the owner, so he doesn't really have to answer to anybody, certainly in the Raiders organization. And, of course, his father was in front of the game and hiring minorities all over the place with Art Shell and Flores and I'm sure others, but those two obviously come to mind. So I think he's going to be okay there. It looks like in his heart, he heard that statement, I, what, I can breathe or we can breathe again. I think that's something like what you just said. And then he felt like that was the appropriate thing to say. You can buy, at least I can, what do I know? But you can buy his logic of thinking. Yeah. And obviously George Floyd can't breathe because he's dead. So I get the initial, like, well, what the heck? Yeah, why, do you, when you listen to why him, do you get to say that? When you listen to that, him experience right. it, when you listen to him and the experience that he was thinking at the moment, at least to me, but what do I know? I'm, um, I'm a white guy, so yeah. and I, I'm a I, racist according to some people. But it seems to me it makes sense. I think the same thing. I think the thing that if he had it to do over again, I would advise him just change the pronoun. You know, mm. I, you made it yours when it was we and it was the family. Um, I'm, I'm but, not going to advise him to do anything. Who D- am I to advise Davis <laughs> what to do? Yeah. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. The pitch. Swing and a high drive in the left field. It is way back. It is gone! Xander's first home run gives the Red Sox a 3-1 lead. It's going to be up to Corey Seager with two on and two out. Still scoreless, top of the third inning. First ball swinging, grounds it up the middle. Scoreless no more as Pollock comes in. Pitch to Crone, hit well to left field. Got a chance, gone! Touch of all time for the first time as a Rocky for C.J. Crone. He busts it wide open. (laughs) Rocky's calls, PK. You love Rocky's calls. I don't know about the radio guys. I have not. I've never listened to them, so I can't speak to them. CJ Crone had five RBI. The Rockies beat the Astros six to two. The final score as he busts it wide open. You know, if you if you want to go somewhere and uh, you know you're moving around in your career and, and you hit home runs, always take a chance on Colorado. It might help you out. Staying in the NL West, the Brewers beat the Padres 6 to nothing. The Giants win again 10-7, and the Dodgers beat the Mariners 1-0. That game, PK, was a little short on the old hits. You like pitchers' duels. That was your was game. Three. Yeah, three, one. three hits. The Dodgers got two, a double. I think they moved them over with an out, and then they got a single, and that was it. Those were the two hits, and meanwhile, they one hit the Mariners. Yeah, that was on MLB in the afternoon, late afternoon, so I watched a lot of that game. And just for perspective on how good the Giants are, or the Giants, the Dodgers, Urias, he is their uh, fourth starter, and he struck out 11. (laughs) I don't think he walked anybody, and he gave up one hit in seven innings, and he's your number four. 
That might explain why the Dodgers are 14-4 and four and two and a half games up on the Giants and four and a half up on the Padres. Yeah, nice number four starter. So, more impressive start here. Set the Dodgers aside because everyone thought they'd be really good. But the Red Sox, who won again, heard the highlight there. They are 12 I'm going and six. the A's. The Giants, 11 and 6. The A's at 11 and 7. Oakland's the one that's got you, huh? Well, because they lost six or seven to begin with. They did. They were in a big hole early on. And it looked like uh, it would have been desperate. If Steinbrenner would have owed them in the 70s and 80s, he would have fired Bob Melvin <laughs> and, br- and brought back Bob Lemon. They've got the longest winning streak in baseball at 10 straight wins. Tampa Bay next at five in a row. So. Yeah, I think it's hard. It's really hard to win 10 in a row in baseball. I think you can. I think it's easier to win 10 in a row in basketball because momentum extends as far as the starting pitcher. And so you're going through the rotation at least twice. And uh, who knows? Uh, and, and, and really starting pitching, that's extremely important. But pitching in, in a hole is really important because hardly anybody goes more than five or six now. Leaders for Major League Baseball and the Players Association met yesterday for the first official negotiating season session. A little more than six months before the sports collective bargaining agreement lapses, the long-anticipated meeting between the sides marked the first foray into what many fear in the sport could be a contentious and protracted negotiation with the possibility of a work stoppage upon the December 1 expiration of the current deal. So, let the countdown begin. Okay, well, I'll just fire up the Korean Baseball League again if that's what it takes. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. John Beck, quarterback coach at 3DQB, worked with Zach Wilson. He's a former BYU quarterback himself. He will join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio Pre-A half and post-game analyst will join us at 8.30. The question of the day is coming up next. Stay with us. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes or Toes brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Check out the bold new lineup at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. It is definitely not your grandpa's Cadillac. Question of the day. The PGA Tour will give $40 million in annual bonuses to players based on their likability and fan engagement. Should pro and college sports follow suit? How do you determine fan engagement, PK? Is that social media or is that how many post-round autograph sessions you uh, are willing to engage in? I don't know. Oh, okay. likability i guess they could go out there and and do surveys and uh find out who the most likable players are i I think people really like phil 
Does it need to be done in a team sport where contracts, at least at the moment, are guaranteed, whereas in the PGA Tour, the only way you win in, in the PGA, now there's other events around the world that they give you appearance fees, but in the PGA, that's not the case. You are uh, getting paid if you win or depending on where you place in the standings. So they're overcoming that by having basically appearance fees, just calling it a different thing. Whereas in the team sports, you know, you're getting that money whether you win, lose, or suck, or great, or what have you. I could see where some owners might be in favor of that. Hey, I need the, the players uh, out there pumping up the team. You know, maybe it's a team that is, uh, you know, they're, they're the junior partner in a crowded market, and they need to be out there. You know, I, I think that in L.A., the Dodgers and Lakers can open the doors, and, and they're just such a part of the fabric of the community. People are going to show up. But if you're the Rams and you just moved to town or you're the Clippers and you've always been kind of, you know, people have joked about the JV. I guess people out there really selling it, you know, that might that might make a difference and owners might be into that to a degree. Uh, well, if you win and you open the doors, people will come. But while you're building it up. I mean, you're right. If you get on a roll like the Patriots have been on, that place is going to be packed. But I can see across the league, you know, if you're sitting around a league meeting, you'd be sitting there saying, well, only one of us can ho- hoist the trophy. What are the other 29 NBA teams, the other 31 NFL teams or whatever? Hey, we got to be out there selling it because somebody's going to have to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Well, I guess in a 17-game season now, somebody's going to have to go 9-8. and eight. Yeah, I'm not so sure about the pro sports because they're already getting the money. Mm-hmm. I would go more for the college. I think in the college, I just read a story about this. I think it was in The Athletic uh, yesterday that it was buried in a story about the Pac-12 and uh, what does the Pac-12 got to do to get it rolling in football? You know, they, they've been down in basketball, but they just had a really good NCAA tournament. How do they redo that in football? So they're going through, and it was a long story. It's a long list of stuff. But one thing that was in the story was that this is what name, image, and likeness is going to be and that it could benefit the Pac-12 with people playing in big markets, especially the kids who get to play for USC and UCLA, that social media, being an influencer, there are a lot of companies who will pay you for that. And it is worth it to them to get young people whose, whose habits aren't formed yet and they don't you know, necessarily aren't attached to a brand or a product or whatever and get them to try it. And there are a lot of people in L.A., well, everywhere, but especially in L.A., making money as influencers. The Kardashians would probably be the most famous uh, but there's plenty of people doing it. So for college sports, although that isn't exactly what you're talking about with the PGA Tour, you know, depending on where this goes with name, image, and likability, it would be pretty similar. You know, you, you if you're likable and you're engaged with fans, then you're much more likely to be an influencer, and people will write big checks for that kind of stuff. Yeah, but that has little to do with the school, though. You're right. It's a third party. And, and I don't know that uh, market size is going to matter uh, I mean, because under the, that theory, Oregon is going to drift away. Yeah, I don't see it. I'm yeah, Oregon. Not, as long as Oregon's got Nike yeah. money. Right. He's not going to allow it. So um, money's money. And it's, it, the, the, I don't know the size of the market matters because every market has 
clients and advertising and so forth and businesses and whatnot. So all that stuff sort of flushes out. Uh, but I'm talking about what the school should do uh, because just this cost of living thing, you just throw out there and, and everybody gets the same. It doesn't really seem to make sense. That's not what capitalism is about. That's what your guy Bernie Sanders is about, but it's not the the, the it's not the, the way of the football land. player who can fill the Rose Bowl, which was looking pretty empty before the pandemic hit, would be worth a lot to UCLA. Yeah, and uh, any team, um, I, I don't really care what they do down here, uh, down there. It's more of what we what we've got here. Uh, sure, uh, the, the BYU, a Taysom Hill. I mean, here's for for BYU. You've got to be really good, and so if it's two two things, and if you're a big time, I hesitate to use it because I don't know what I don't go around judging people's worthiness or faithfulness, but it seemed on appearances that Taysom Hill was exactly what the LDS Church was looking for in a, a football player. You know, served the mission and just uh, did all the right things and. Uh, married in the faith, blah, 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 blah. And BYU fans, who a large, obviously a large portion of them are LDS, they really, uh, I, I don't want to say get off on that because that's flippant, but they really get excited about that. So that's one, and then let's call it like it is too. When you get the, the black guy who traditionally at BYU uh, until they meet uh, a uh, classmate is going to be non-LDS. And they love that, too, because that means they accept us. They like us. So the Jamal Williamses of the world, uh, he's one of us, and he continues to wear BYU. See, we're, we're cool, too. We're pe- people, uh, we're not that weird. We're not that strange. Look at Jamal Williams. He, he came here, and, and he was there the whole time. So those two types, they ought to be given something because people are going, all those 60-some thousand are going to see those two guys. And then they're going to get as much as the reserve fill-in-the-blank kid? That doesn't really make a lot of sense. No, and I think with, uh, you know, while it has been um, a level playing field and scholarships for all and then the, the, you know, the walking around money for everybody, it seems like with the name, image, and likeness. Now, it's not coming from the school. It's coming from a third party. But it's definitely going to create haves and have-nots. And it'll be broad, naked capitalism. And if you can... Put people at the car dealership or get people to buy whatever new product or sample whatever new website. There'll be something there for you. What do you mean it's going to create the haves and the have-nots? There'll be athletes who get it, and there'll be athletes who won't. You'll be in the weight room, and jealousy is a human emotion, and there'll be somebody, you know, there'll be a couple guys talking who don't, who are, you know, backup whatevers, and they'll be looking over there at two guys who are stars who are rolling in it. So we're giving them the training for the real world. <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. So, what's wrong with that? And right. and and you can't really uh, underestimate for some of these schools that are uh, struggling for money. You know, the player who could really go out there and fill the football stadium or the basketball arena. That's a, I mean, do the price of a ticket times another. You know, five, ten, fifteen thousand seats. That that's. That's a lot of money. So yeah. it would it'd be worth it to the school. I mean, you could just, you know, grab your phone, tap on the calculator, and know how much money people are moving pretty quickly. 
Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's obvious, and it's, that's who people are coming to to see, and we, we see it with the Taysom Hill. I mean, when he had a three yard run, the Cougar fandom online would go crazy. He's doing it at the NFL. Look at him, and that's great. I mean, he's he's your guy, and we saw it obviously with Steve Young when he was doing his thing at, at such a high level. The, the BYU fans just absolutely loved it. And we, I think we just saw it with some Ute fans. They took a lot of pride in Alex Smith. Mm-hmm. And when he retired, it was a day or two ago, and, and that they felt like, okay, he's he's what Utah stood for. And he donated, what, money to the weight room, yep. to the academic center, whatever it is. There's Alex Smith, whatever. And so they get excited about that. He's our guy. Uh, so And he was their guy when he was sensational in the 2004 season, right? So, yeah, so the, somebody in the weight room is not going to make as much money as well, – this is all real-world stuff. And we hear in the colleges, oh, the coaches make more and the players don't, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Well, I mean, that, that's the real world. The boss makes more in the real world, too. Uh, and the, the guy who owns the team, uh, this, this Mark Davis thing with uh, I can breathe again or whatever he tweeted out, he's the owner. So he can do it. And – and he answered it, and no one's going to be talking about it tomorrow. <laughs> but if it was some lower person and the owner didn't like it, you're out of here. If he felt there was political pressure, I'll sacrifice him and look at me, aren't I? All that. And so, yeah, if we junior high exists in junior high, and then it stops at the eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody gets a trophy in the real world. So... That's why not start with this because this is college is a big business here. I mean, you just look at all these the, in college basketball. College basketball is just the sleaziest thing ever. I mean, you get the these coaches. Look at Utah State. They lose their coach, and now they get two guys. He goes to Utah, and two guys who you cheered for big time as as the Aggies last year. Scotty G talking about those guys the and as they're putting together an NCAA season and then the coach leaves and the two guys follow him out the door. Well, then they bring in a coach from Baltimore and then we got Baltimore guys following Odom out the door. <laughs> I mean, so when you, when you change coaches, you pretty much can guarantee there Changing goes your players. roster too. And, and we're, we get all, those are our guys. Well, they're the fact they're worse than the pros now. In terms of how you talk about, used to say, rooting for laundry mm-hmm. and how that's what it was at the pro ranks and you move around. And if your favorite player got traded, especially if you were a kid, I can remember going to high school and a friend of mine uh, loved Bobby Mercer. Bobby Mercer was his guy, right? And he was a back east kid who grew up in Connecticut and then moved out to Arizona. And so then Mercer gets traded from the Yankees. Kid was devastated, man. <laughs> and even I can remember thinking to myself, well, "What'd you expect, man? This is, I mean, they, they, they make their team better, and that—that's the way it goes." But I just remember the kid being devastated that his hero on his team was traded, and and we've seen that from from time to time. You know, it happens, or guys leave. Well, and then we rolled with it, but now it's infiltrating the college basketball to where. Don't even think about trying to evaluate a team until September when school starts. Because at that point, then, you'll know what the roster is. So if you're going to operate like that, especially in basketball, when it's 
obviously 100% easy to identify who the star is, who people are coming to see, who the fans latch on to. Yeah, let them have it, man. School should give whom we really haven't had a, a big time singular star here in in, in a while. I mean, you got to have a good team, too. Allen was really good for the Utes, and what do he do? He's going to go to Texas now. Mm-hmm. But the team wasn't that good. So it didn't really matter as much. Go, But go back to Jimmer. Probably the best, most recent example, unless I'm missing somebody. Uh, Sam was... Merrill, to an extent, at Utah State. Sure, yeah, I'll go but, with that. But Jimmer doing phone interviews, phoners with SportsCenter as soon as the game ended. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're like, yeah. "Hey, Jimmer's going to be here in just a second, but right now he's talking to ESPN and be on a phone." And like, they didn't even. Now, I guess it'd be you know they they'd zoom him, but then it was kind of like, "Well, we'll just roll video of the forty points he scored, and we'll let this guy talk on the phone." It was technically it was low end TV, but celebrity and star power matters. So, well, technically it's not the best thing, but. The whole country wants to hear from this guy. Who is this kid? And what oh yeah, he, he used doing? to listen to PTI the next day to see what they would say about him. Yeah, yeah, and and his family had financial struggles, as we understand it. Yep. Well, BYU just I mean, they made a ton off of that kid, and he was there's there's a picture I can recall. He's doing I think a uh, a press row interview, probably with uh, 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 Rebel and Duran after the game. And the crowd is right on top of him. And so it's the, it's pictures from above, so it's probably 10 rows, 15 rows up, and it's looking down. And the entire court is humanity, pressed up right against Jimmer. He's got the headsets on, and it looks like he's doing a – maybe it's something else. I assume it was post-game for their – for uh, Greg and Mark. I believe it was the San Diego State game. When they... Talking about that uh, performance and that game and all that stuff. And, and that crowd shot, which is now over 10 years ago, is still stuck in my mind. It's out there somewhere. I'm sure you can find it. And to think that he's getting the same scholarship as some other guy, that's kind of ridiculous in that way. I mean, he should have been getting thousands of dollars to use at his discretion if he wanted to use it for himself or give to his parents or Whatever he wanted to do, it's up to him. But that that's what I'm talking about, that they should be doing this. I mean, the colleges might want to look at that, too. Well, I think that they're really uncomfortable with that, and because it'll be so easy to move the money through a third party, I think that's just what they're going to do. And it doesn't mean that they won't get to that eventually, uh, but everything with college sports seems to move so slowly. But... You know, I, I can see where if you align yourself, if you're, if you're in, a, in a city where there's some businesses who can really benefit, or if you've got a booster, you know, the name, image, and likeness for Oregon, if this influencing thing is going to take off, which is really about, you know, the, the public and engagement, going back to the original question about the PGA Tour, I mean, they want to they keep a, a kid one more year at Oregon who's a, a star football or basketball player, hook him up with a contract with Nike and him sell some shoes. I mean, with name, image, and likeness, can Zion Williamson in college have his own line of shoes? Yeah, and, and then Nike tells him, well, you can have your own line of shoes if you come to Oregon. <laughs> How's the NCAA going to police that? I mean, this is what made people Who nervous. Who cares if they're going to police it? But it's going to happen. Well, why do they need to police it? Tell the NCAA to GTFO. Well, I know, <laughs> but that's what they've been saying for, I don't know how long we've been talking about this, a decade? 
Who's they? I mean, I, who cares what they think? Well, so they make the rules. I mean, this is what the NCA. I mean, Emmert and whatever other bureaucrats in the NCA, and they've been dragging their feet on this idea that's been out there for a while. So, <laughs> well, that's why it hasn't happened. I mean, that's. It seems like it's about to happen. I think it's going to kick in for next year. I can't promise you that. Uh, this, but the schools should be able to do it. I, mean, I don't need any NCA approval. Go ahead and break off then. I mean, have Jimmer before after the game. He's going to be up on a concourse, signing autographs and taking pictures. 20 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. The school keeps uh, 10. Jimmer keeps 10. Have at it, man. Let's break this thing wide open. DJ and PK, the PGA Tour is going there. They're going to be paying the uh, the bonuses. It's a little different deal because on the tour, there's no there's no home team, right? You can get loyalty to a brand, and if you win, you're going to fill the place up. Uh, the tour is a little different, and I don't know. Will the bonuses mean that much to these guys who've got endorsement money rolling in, guaranteed? Money but, means every something to everybody. Get out of town. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on The Zone Sports Network. Play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. What Joe's doing is historic. You take, I think at 5'3", only Kyle Korver has ever had a better shooting season in the history of the league, which was interestingly on that 60-win Hawks team that the Jazz get compared to the most. I have a statistic I call points gained, which is you take the players' possessions or scoring opportunities in a night, comparing to what an average player would do with those. Steph's obviously number one in the league. Joe's the seventh most positively impactful offensive player in the NBA. The league still doesn't quite understand the value of 50% from three. Like, it's, it's a crazy number. It's game-changing, and it's why we win. I can make a pretty good argument Joe Ingles is our best offensive player this year. Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Get your foursome together and sign up today for the Dyslexia Center of Utah Charity Golf Tournament. Join the fun May 13th at Cedar Hills Golf Course. 100% of the proceeds go to the Dyslexia Center Scholarship Fund. Space is limited. Find out more at dyslexiacenterofutah.org. PK, tonight the Jazz play the Rockets. We love competition. We thrive on competition I do not expect much competition tonight. I expect the Jazz to win convincingly, but you already made a noise because you'll argue with me about anything. Convince me otherwise. You never know, man. It's the NBA. Uh, And we just, uh, you know, we had uh, Andy Bailey on in the uh, six o'clock hour. He's talking about parity in the league. And, And parity is a debatable issue, right? Uh, what, what, what really is parity? Because we, we, we think we have parity this year, but do we really? You know, if it's the Lakers in the end, did we really have parity? Or did we have it while those guys are out? Because I forget who we were talking to, but you made the point, and you've made it multiple times, and there's a lot of validity into it. We don't know to the extent, but the question you asked the guest was, how much of these great records by Phoenix and the Jazz are attributed to the fact that Kawhi Leonard seems to be resting every other week, and mm-hmm. he's out now, and we know about the high-profile injuries to the Lakers, right? LeBron is still the ultimate superstar, and if he goes down, it's major news. 
Every LeBron walks out the door, it's major news. And so uh, with him being out, how much is that leading? Well, probably to a degree, uh, but at the same time, you know, you're only playing those teams just a small handful of times. So uh, w- one against another that doesn't really have that much uh, impact because you only play the Lakers three times, right? Um But the Lakers clearly would be better if they had those two playing. So we think that there's some form of parity, but is there really? Now that's at the top end. The bottom end, I think that I'm I'm more comfortable saying that just about every team has players on their team that I could watch, and I and I'm at least at least mildly. Uh, I'm not. I don't spend a lot of time watching the Rockets, but obviously I will tonight because they're playing the Jazz, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but I see their scores. I look at their box scores. I see a Christian Wood seems like a developing player. So the point I'm making is, I wonder if there's parity at the top. Time will tell because if the Lakers roll in the playoffs, then no, there wasn't. Your point being was it would have been 100% spot on. They rolled because of the fact of. Uh, uh, the other teams had good regular season records because the the this stud team had their in, injured guys at the bottom level. Though I could argue parity among the crappy teams. Uh, I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it, but what I'm trying to say is that each of these teams down at the bottom have players that I like to that I could watch, and if they get going and you're not going. Well, then you got a chance to lose. They got a chance to win. Probably not going to happen, but I wouldn't mark it down as like a 95% chance that the Jazz can roll tonight. That's a long-winded way to say all that. All right, Tim Lacombe, Jazz Radio Studio pre-half and post-game analyst will join us at 8.30. But next, it's football. John Beck, QB coach at 3D QB, working with Zach Wilson, a former BYU quarterback himself. He'll join us next to talk NFL draft and Zach's prospects. Stay with us.